It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football. Watching. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Battle of Ohio 2020 part two. I don't mean the election coming up in, what, just two short weeks. I mean the Cleveland Browns coming down to Cincinnati and Paul Brown Stadium to play the Cincinnati Bengals in front of 12,000 of the Bengals' closest friends. I mean fans. And this should be a little bit different than the first time around. We'll talk about what will be different in this edition of the Battle of Ohio in segments two and three of the show. But we're going to get started with the injury report, as we always do, and as we look ahead toward what players might be missing and how that might impact the game this week. And then there's a report from Fox 19's Jeremy Rao that indicates that perhaps the division in the locker room has been overstated by a vocal minority. We'll talk about those two things to start the show, then get into our weekly preview on today's episode of Locked on Bengals. James, let's get started with injuries today, as we always do. William Jackson not practicing this week with a concussion. He almost certainly doesn't play given the concussion protocol in the NFL. Meanwhile, Joe Mixon hasn't practiced either day this week so far, Wednesday or Thursday, dealing with a foot injury. But one beat reporter did at least note that he was out there dancing during practice, so maybe that foot isn't so bad. He returned to the game on Sunday, so you would hope that he'd be able to go and that what they're doing is trying to get him as close to 100% as they can, rehabbing him, giving him time off of his feet. But you're right, if he's on his his feet dancing, and we know Joe likes to dance, then hopefully he's good enough to not only play but dance in the end zone on Sunday. So that is a positive outlook there, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's what they're doing, is really just trying to get him as close to 100% as possible. Because if they're going to beat the Browns, you'd think 28 would have to have a big a big day. As far as William Jackson the third, I think it's a, a huge loss if you don't have him because – now suddenly you're definitely going to have to bracket Odell Beckham Jr. because you don't want him to beat you over the top. And guess what that means? That means that you have one less person to stop Kareem Hunt in that Browns rushing attack that sliced you and diced you and ran over you in the second half of their Week 2 matchup. 
Uh, Chubb and Hunt combined for 215 yards. So you're going to have to find a way regardless. But, uh, yeah, I would expect uh, bracket coverage on number 13 on Sunday, which could bode well for either Baker Mayfield or the running game or both. On the other side of things for the Browns, Jarvis Landry dealing with cracked ribs, according to Jarvis Landry. He is still expecting to play, but, man, that guy stays banged up. The safeties still limited back there. Carl Joseph with a hamstring, although they will get Ronnie Harrison back this week from a concussion. Showing up on the injury report today for the Browns, though, Sheldon Richardson didn't practice with an Achilles injury. Wyatt Teller hasn't practiced either day this week, and he's been a big breakout star for that Browns offensive line at guard. He's dealing with a calf injury. And J.C. Treader, the Browns center, has been limited with a knee injury this week. So things could look a little bit different for the Browns up front, although they weren't 100% in week two when they played the Bengals either. So could be interesting stuff coming out of this injury report, shaking up the matchup. And speaking of shakeups, James, the other thing we want to talk about in the start of the show today is Jeremy Rao reporting that he's had conversations with several folks inside the Bengals organization that the feeling that Zach Taylor has lost the locker room is being driven by one or two players, and the overwhelming majority disagrees. He points out that the quarterback, Joe Burrow, echoed that today. This is a very close locker room, said Burrow. And this could be a narrative that makes sense. I don't know if we're ever going to get. We do, however, clearly have several players publicly unhappy. And they still seem to be moving in the right direction. I guess to some degree, Carlos Dunlap, there's a video of him out there dancing in the locker room today. How unhappy can you be if you're dancing in the locker room? Maybe you just like dancing. This is the theme of the, the show so far. But maybe it's just not as bad as we initially thought. Maybe it's not sky is falling. Maybe it's truly a couple of guys, a couple of Marvin Lewis holdovers still just unhappy. The sky isn't falling, but it could. And I never thought that. I never thought that he had lost the locker room yet. Heck, they had a 21 nothing lead on Sunday, right? It, it, so it isn't falling yet. But the reality of this is you have a lot of guys that are unhappy with their role. And it, we all go to work, right? And we all have different jobs. And if you're unhappy with how you're being used at work, I don't care what the hell you do, whether you're bagging groceries or you're, you're working at a law office, doesn't matter. It's much harder to go when times are rough, when things are hard, when you're busy all day at the store, or it's just you're swamped in paperwork and emails. So that's the case here. If the Bengals go from one, four and one, when they should easily have at least two more wins, one, four and one to one, seven and one, that's when the sky is falling. So I think there are some cracks in the armor. I think it's pretty clear, but to Jeremy's point, and I do believe it, I think these guys are still going to play hard. I think they're going to show up on Sunday. And I think that whatever role they do have, even if they're Deep down, not happy with it, they're going to accept it and play really hard when it's time to step in between the lines. So if you're Zach Taylor, you need to get some wins here, and it's much easier said than done. The storm clouds, you can see them off in the distance when you're at Paul Brown Stadium, and they're coming in quick, and wins are the only way to turn it around. I like that imagery, James, that that weather imagery you invoke there with, with <laughs> Marvin Lewis guys that are unhappy. You're going to the Marvin Lewis weather bag of analogies. That's that's uh, very appropriate for the situation that the Bengals find themselves in. Zach Taylor finds himself in. And it's interesting because if you look at who is unhappy, it's almost all guys, if not entirely guys, that predate Zach Taylor's arrival to the organization. There are certainly rumblings that, that I have heard, that I'm sure you have heard, that there are players 
on specific units that are unhappy with the way things are getting implemented in terms of game plan. And I don't think that that is necessarily localized to just two players. It might be localized to a certain unit or set of units. But overall, it does seem like a lot of the guys that Zach Taylor has drafted or Zach Taylor has brought in as free agents are still on board or at least still towing that company line. And most importantly, and I don't think Joe Burrow would be a guy that if he if he didn't agree, he would let that be known. But he does seem to be mostly in sync with his head coach right now. Sure. And I would expect that as of now. Again, I don't think it's there. They just haven't reached that point. Like if you're Von Bell, yeah. well, you're still making bank. And so you think you could turn this around. But what happens when you're, you know, 3, 12, and 1 and they don't make the necessary moves this offseason that you think they need to make, right? So, like, the guys that are part of the long-term vision, sure, because they're either young and just not just happy to be there, but happy to be there, right? And they're not going to complain and grape, or they just got paid. And, and so I, I think that's part of it, too. And, and with the old group, I don't think it has anything to do with them having an attitude, uh, you know, or, or for the most part. Like, I think Dunlap clearly off the rails. But outside of that, like AJ Green, I think he was frustrated because he wasn't being used and because he wants to win. And for a decade, they've won when he's produced and he hasn't been able to produce. Like, I, I think that these guys are doing certain things out of character. And for Zach to work, whether it's fair or not, he's going to have to get these guys to act in sync. They're not going to trade all these guys. They're not going to make seven trades before the deadline. It's just not going to happen. Atkins and Dunlap and Green and Roth, like these, all these guys aren't going to just go. And so I think that part of it is going to have to be they find a way to one win because that'll calm everything. And two, you get these guys in sync more and find a way to, to smooth some of it out because I still think Geno Atkins, when he's healthy, can contribute. I still think that some of these guys can contribute. If it's all right, you got to trade Dunlap. Fine. That's one guy. But I'm not trading the, the whole farm here. It, it, it's up to the coach to kind of figure it out. And he knew that coming in and he knew that going into this season. So that's on him. A little bit of a transition there, James. One topic we are going to cover in segment two, just before we get to the game preview, is a little bit about trading. Just a little bit. Just a little teaser. We're going to get into that a little bit more next week. So coming up next, the game preview and one trade that even I feel compelled to talk about right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. I got to be honest with you, Jake, and and our loyal listeners know that I, I try to work out regularly. Well, today... Woke up a bit late, wasn't feeling it, felt behind on my work, and I was still able to squeeze in a workout in the afternoon, which I rarely do, thanks to Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, breakthrough with Go every day. They're easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, your backpack. Or me, I just went to the cabinet, grabbed one, and it got me ready to go for my workout. It's the best workout gel on the market it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. I love chocolate mint. I'm biased, and that's my go-to. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. The protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. So check it out right now, BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, I know it's usually you that has the trade ideas. And, and to be fair, you DM'd me this this morning. It was, it was probably the first thing I saw on Twitter this morning. <laughs> after I after I started paying attention to what was happening in the football world, it's winter. It's, it's it's not winter, but it's winter up where I live, a little bit further north than all you Cincinnatians. And the sun isn't up when I get up already. I don't know if that's the case down there or not. I remember Cincinnati being on the the west side of the time zone. It doesn't get dark quite so early there. When, when did the sun come up this morning, James? Uh probably around seven forty five, eight o'clock in that range. I guess I can't really complain. That's actually virtually identical to when the sun came up here, but I just don't like it when I wake up and it's dark outside. Anyway, the trade we're going to talk about here that, that I can wholeheartedly get behind, I think we are in unanimous agreement for, for maybe the first time, like we're, we're totally in lockstep on this one. Quinnen Williams, the New York Jets defensive tackle, premium draft pick, seen unanimously as an excellent draft prospect coming out of Alabama, just 22 years old. He has progressed from his rookie year to his second year. He's not playing at an all-pro level, but the Bengals need help on that defensive interior. And you're telling me that he's available right now for a second-round pick? At least that's what the report said, and they're not getting any offers? The day that you see Yannick Ngakwe get traded for a third-round pick and a conditional fifth on an expiring deal as the Ravens made a go-for-it move? I'm making a go for it in the future move and I'm trading a second round pick for Quinn and Williams because that's a premium player at a position where if you don't do it, this is a position of need. And it's crazy because the report from Connor Hughes of the athletics says that th- they might not be able to even get a second round pick back for him. And in that to me, I don't know how you're talking about the third overall pick in 2019. He's played well. He, he came in as arguably the best player in the 2019 NFL draft. There were people talking that way. And so absolutely, this is exactly what you want to look at if you are the Bengals. A lot of people are focusing on the fourth, fifth, sixth, day three picks, you know, sixth round picks that they can get in exchange for these other guys. This is the type of move you make. You want to show Joe Burrow and show the fans, hey, we are going to win and we're going to do what we need to do. This is a win-now move. It would make a ton of sense. Can you imagine Quinnen Williams and DJ Reader? By the way, they would both be under contract for three more years if they used the fifth-year option on Quinnen Williams. So Reader and, and Williams could work out together for the next three seasons. So I, I would love this move. It would be a, a win-win-win when it comes to the Bengals. I don't know why the Jets would want to get rid of them, to be honest, but they're the Jets. So let's take advantage of their issues. Yeah, I made the Adam Gacy joke earlier this week. I mean, that's just what it is. The guy just, uh, everywhere he goes, the, this sort of thing seems to happen. The Jets are so dysfunctional. Yeah, maybe they win a few more games, but I think that everyone agrees that they're a little bit more dysfunctional than the rest of the league. They traded Le'Veon Bell earlier this year, and it, it looks like there are more guys available. And look, 
you could talk about, oh, I don't want to give up a pick in the, you know, 35 to 40 range, but for a guy like Quentin Williams, third round, third overall pick, sorry, last year, like you said, James, that's worth it. This is a guy that has three years of control left and he's getting better and you have a need at the position. This is, it just makes too much sense. And and if And if you're saying that they might not even get a second, well, hey, we got an early third round pick too. And and if they uh, can't get a second, I'll definitely give him a third. Anyway, uh, it's just a bit of a dream right now, but it, it's just something that seems to me to make just so much sense on paper. I, I don't know if there's really anything else to say about it. I think we, we've driven it home pretty hard. I don't expect the Bengals to do it. I guess that's something we can say. James, what are the odds on the Bengals trading for Quinn and Williams? Oh, the the odds, I'll give you a percentage. 2%. There you go. Maybe 5% because they did get a little edgy in the off season and, you know, they were aggressive a bit, but they're not high. But yeah, I don't, I don't care. Honestly, if they ended up with the, the first pick and the 33rd pick, like you said, go get them. This is a perfect, because, because now you, you look at a young core, Joe Burrow, Jonah Williams, Quinton Williams, DJ Reader. you know, it just, it mm-hmm. adds to it. And it's, it's, you couldn't hope for more with whatever pick you're going to send. Obviously, you're not sending the first rounder, but any pick you're going to send in exchange for Quinn and Williams. So we, we've talked about a trade, James. Let's transition. Let's talk about this Cleveland Browns matchup. We've already seen the Bengals play the Browns this year, so we don't need to go position by position and, and talk about all the matchups again. It's, it's much the same. We, we can talk a little bit about what might be different. This time around, Sheldon Richardson absolutely wrecked havoc in that first game. Miles Garrett was very good as well. Miles Garrett still likely to be very good. Sheldon Richardson, we'll have to see if he even plays. And one thing I'm excited to see is the the rematch between an AJ Green coming off his best game of the season and Denzel Ward, who had a very good game against him in week two. And that is going to be an interesting matchup because now T. Higgins, he played a lot of snaps in week two, but now he's emerged, right? And it was a three-headed monster last week. So if you're the Browns, who do you prioritize? Do you prioritize any of these guys in, in stopping them? Or, or or how do you do that? And I think this is kind of the first time where a defensive coordinator and in, in Browns defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, they're going to have to come up with a game plan and say, all right, well, 18 can still play. They're using T. Higgins all over the field. We know what Tyler Boyd brings. He's the best slot receiver in the AFC North. So what do we do? And it, it is going to be interesting. Does Denzel Ward travel with Green? You know, he didn't really do that uh, in that week two matchup. He was on him a lot, just naturally. But the, it, it's it's certainly one of the many matchups to watch. And who knows? Maybe Green is feeling himself and is able to beat Denzel a couple of times. And this is and would be a good test if they are matched up a lot to see what 18 has left now that he did have a good game under his belt and is, is pretty confident heading into this one. Now, one thing that will be different when the Bengals have the ball is that Kevin Johnson is back for the Browns. He missed week two. He's played since then. And so there will be a little bit more formidable competition for Tyler Boyd in the slot, assuming that they don't travel with those corners too much. And again, I think it's going to come down to can T Higgins continue his progression and, and beat who, you know, if they don't travel or if they do travel rather, if Denzel Ward stays with AJ Green, then T. Higgins is going to get a lot of Terrence Mitchell. And that's a matchup that I would hope T. Higgins can win. The other big difference is, of course, no C.J. Uzama this time around. And 
that is something that I think we're starting to see limit the Bengals offense a little bit. The tight ends that they've got out there, Seath and Carter and Drew Sample, not terribly threatening as receivers. We haven't seen Drew Sample take a step yet as a receiver, and there's still time. Tight ends, you know, we talk about all the time. They take some time to acclimate to the league, but he, he's not really there yet. He has been good as a blocker to his credit, but as a receiver, he, he's not really shown that he can be a dynamic threat yet. So, so some differences for sure for, for this Bengals offense. T. Higgins getting better. Joe Mixon may not play, may play. Alex Redmond in there at right guard instead. Kevin Johnson back for the Browns. So certainly some differences while the Bengals have the ball. And obviously there will be some differences when the Browns have the ball as well. And we'll get into those coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jake, let's look at the Bengals' defense in this matchup. And first things first, if you don't have William Jackson III, that changes your game plan a lot, significantly. But that's not where they lost the game in week two. So I don't want to start there. Obviously, they lost it in the trenches. Early on, Baker Mayfield got into a rhythm early. The play-action game was working. He wasn't under pressure. I think they pressured him maybe three times in week two. And they threw on the Bengals early. And then they used that run game to knock him out in the second half. If I'm the uh, the Browns, that's the same game plan I'm using this week. I get it. You don't have Nick Chubb. But the Bengals don't have DJ Reader. Geno Atkins is a question mark. Xavier Williams isn't going to save you. And, and even if Mike Daniels does come back, which I do think is at best 50-50, that's not scaring the Browns. So, yeah, they got their head kicked in last week. They should be coming out ready to, to fire on all cylinders. And if you're missing a top corner and you're missing, you know, DJ Reader, who, again, was the really their lone run stopper from week two, it's going to be uh, – th- there's at least the potential for it to be a long day, and we're going to see how hungry these Bengals defenders are early because if, if they're not willing to stop the run, then this Browns offense is going to run all over them just like they did a, a few weeks back. And the Bengals are obviously dealing with a lot of injuries on that defensive line. Like you mentioned, Mike Daniels may or may not be back. DJ Reader certainly will not be back, and Sam Hubbard also will not be back. So you're looking at, you know, Amani Bledsoe, Christian Covington, Carlos Dunlap – Carl Lawson, a little bit of Geno Atkins, like you said, Xavier Williams, and and none of those names, unless Carlos suddenly gets it together and starts playing like second half 2019 Carlos Dunlap, none of those guys inspire a ton of confidence, especially going against a Cleveland Browns offensive line that is is probably the most improved offensive line in the NFL, Jack Conklin, who a lot of Bengals fans wanted the Bengals to sign, has come in and been a an incredible and stable right tackle for the Browns when he's been able to get on the field. Even if Wyatt Teller can't play his backup, Chris Hubbard, he's been better than the Bengals offensive guards this year. JC Treader, <laughs> who I mentioned dealing with a, a little bit of an injury. He, he's been really good at center. Joel Batonio, still good at left guard. 
and rookie Jedrick Wills, he's a bit of a roller coaster. He's a rookie left tackle, but if if that's the only thing that that's questionable on your offensive line, well, you, you just help a little bit with Carl Lawson over there, and and you go to work, and and that matchup doesn't look good for the Bengals, especially when they're not they're getting flashes from their rookie linebackers, and Akeem Davis Gaither had a good week last week, but those guys need to continue to get better. If they want to hang with the Browns, especially on the ground, especially in the front seven kind of kind of matchup, and like you mentioned, James, it doesn't get easier if if Baker Mayfield decides that he's going to play well again. Baker's by far best game of the season came in Week Two against the Bengals, so we've seen him at his best in 2020, and that was with a lot of play action boot stuff, a lot of stuff that was schemed to make his life easy, and if Baker is accurate which is a huge question mark, I think, then those weapons from from Odell Beckham to Cracked Ribs Landry to Rashard Higgins, all of them can hurt you. There's no doubt about it. And it, it's going to come down. I'm telling you, trenches, get after them. And it, whether that's Lou Anarumo dialing up more blitzes, finding a way, whether it's you know using Akeem Davis-Gaither in that way or Sean Williams or Darius Phillips like he did against the Ravens, I don't know. But you have to press the right buttons because if Six is just sitting back there like Philip Rivers did last week, he's going to make some of those throws. Even if he doesn't make all of them, you're not going to be up 21 nothing, And so you're you're going to have to just play much more solid. And you mentioned Chris Hubbard. Browns fans cringe when you mention Chris Hubbard. That, that guy, I get it. You look at the grades and stuff. You have to take advantage of that matchup. If, if he does end up starting at guard, you have to get after him. Gino, it's time to show up. And that's just the reality. I get it. You're not 100%. You're going to have to show up and make an impact here, even if it's 20 plays. I need to notice you. Carlos, I get it. You're unhappy with your playing time. Make an impact. And that's going to go a long way. I agree with you, though. I mean, these young linebackers, I remember a play. So the Browns got the ball back up 28-23, week two, and they drive right downfield with 5.55 to go, all run plays, 75 yards. And there were multiple plays I went back and watched where Jermaine Pratt wanted no part of Andy Janovich in the hole. That dude didn't want any part of the Browns fullback. Well, guess what? This week, all of these linebackers have to be flying around, physical, and hungry. Because otherwise, you're going to get clowned. And the day later, Andy Janovich said, oh, we could have ran for three or 400 yards against them if we wanted to. That's what he said on the record. So it's up for the Bengals to answer the bell. I get it. They're shorthanded. Answer the bell here and be physical. I do not want to see them just be out physical. It wasn't even out, man, out physical in week two or like they were in week two. You don't want to see that. You definitely don't want to see that. You also need to see communication in the secondary improve. You need to see that this defense is grasping what Lou Anarumo is asking them to do because I'm sick of asking the question every Sunday, every Monday, what even is this coverage? Or, or how did that get busted? Or, or what ha- why is there no, no pressure? And, and I think you, 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 the idea that you mentioned, sending a lot of blitzes, they're going to have to this week. If I'm Lou Anarumo this week, I'm, I'm trying to dial up those Don Wink Martindale packages that, that had the Bengals out of sorts. And really what the Ravens do is they, they, just, they just dictate what your protections need to be. They don't care what you do, and, and they have the secondary to pull this off, and the Bengals probably don't, especially without William Jackson out there. But you have to find a way to get pressure. Baker, I think, 
didn't really face, well, I don't think I know, he didn't really face any pressure when when the Bengals played the Browns in, in week two, and that made his life much too easy. I want to see the Bengals show that they're not a get-right team. I, I don't want Baker Mayfield to have his best game of the season against the Bengals for the second time in Cincinnati. That being said, if you're running LaShawn Sims and, and Darius Phillips out there at the outside corner position, well, things might just be a little unsalvageable from there. Those two guys played really poorly in week six against the Colts. And I mean, the Colts don't really have great receivers. The receivers are going to face this week. Certainly better. Phillip Rivers, while he's been a roller coaster, I mean, Baker's been worse this year. So let's just make sure he doesn't get right. I'm, I'm sick of seeing teams get right against the Bengals. I would like to see them keep Baker in, in the struggle boat that he's been riding. So all that said, James, Joe Burrow has shown that he is an elite NFL quarterback covering in five out of his six NFL contests. The Bengals this week, three or three and a half point dogs, depending on where you look. What's your prediction for this week? Unfortunately, you don't want the Bengals to be a get right team, but I think the Browns do get right, at least in the winning column. I just, I can't trust after last week, I picked the Bengals to beat the Colts. They're worse than the Browns. And they couldn't get it done, even though they were spotted 21 points, essentially. So I got the Browns in this one. I think it is close. 27-23. Baker beats Burrow for the second straight time. Not only that, Joe Burrow wouldn't cover in that scenario, James. I know. So that'd be the second time. The Ravens, and now this time against the Browns. We'll have to see how it goes at home. Because the Bengals have only played two home games this year. Mm-hmm. So we we don't know how much that's going to have a fact have an impact probably not a ton, but hey at least at least they get a home game there we'll find out if there's a home field advantage and we'll find out if Joe Burrow remains an elite quarterback this week last last week was much more obvious to me that I, I thought the Bengals would cover if you follow me on Twitter when the initial line was like ten points I was like oh yeah hammer the Bengals and this week at, at three points. I'm with you on the lack of confidence. I think Vegas is a lot closer on this one. And if I had to bet, I don't think I would bet on the Bengals to cover either right now. But, hey, I'll I'll very happily be wrong with a breakout performance from Darius Phillips shutting down Odell Beckham Jr. You know, I'll, I'll take that. I won't be mad. I won't be mad if T. Higgins goes for 150. You know, find a way. There's always a way. And, and the thing is, even if it gets into a shutout or a shootout, sorry, I should say shootout, I think the Bengals have the tools to, to go blow for blow. Mm-hmm. It just depends on, really, Miles Garrett for the most part and, and if these receivers stay in form. So a lot to watch for this weekend. We'll be back on Sunday after the game. Battle for Ohio 2020 Part 2 coming your way in Paul Brown Stadium this weekend. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 